Welcome to Paranormal, the New Normal. I'm your host, Jeremy, as always, and I am joined today by a guest, another guest I found on Podmatch, which not a sponsor, but you could be. <laughs> and I am very excited to have her here because it's a topic that I've covered on the show a little bit, but never to this depth, and I would like to get into it a little bit more. My guest this week is Tina Irwin, the ghost helper, which or a ghost helper, whichever she prefers. And Tina, how are you doing tonight? I am doing great, and I'm really grateful to be on your show. I'm really thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. So the first question I ask pretty much everybody in my show is, what made you get into the paranormal supernatural world? Like, what made you want to get into this? I, I am like all of us. We're all psychic. You can't drive a car if you're not a little bit psychic. But, you know, I really love music, but I'm not a musician. So everybody's psychic, but I'm a little more psychic than most. And I, it just started when I was a little kid, and it just grew and grew. And when I met my sweet husband 49 years ago, it just exploded. And uh, I started studying so I could understand what was happening to me. Knowledge is power. And I, I didn't want to be afraid of what was happening. I wanted to learn how to use this ability for a greater good. It's just that I didn't know what that was until we my husband and I both spent 20 years in the Navy. We're both retired naval commanders. And one of our duty stations, we moved from Naples, Italy, to Charleston, South Carolina. And we moved into a house that was 18 months old and was profoundly haunted from 400 years ago because everything in Charleston is haunted. And I, I didn't know how to cross this unbelievably busy ghost over. I just thought at some point madness would set in. I mean, at the time we were two lieutenants with a small child and we just, we couldn't believe the events, the knocking on the walls and the running down hallways and the theft. Oh my gosh, the things that vanished overnight. And we discovered the neighborhood was haunted. And then we discovered that our neighbors were having problems. And then I contacted the Duke University School of Parapsychology and my question was, how do you cross over a really pesky ghost? And they said, we don't have a clue. And I thought, this cannot be this hard. Surely this can't be this hard. And I set up a goal for myself, in addition to my career and my marriage and you know, being a mom, that I wanted to understand this. And I achieved that goal. I see the dead, I talk to the dead, and I can cross them over. And to put a bow on this, this little story, I figured out how to create a prayer that enables anyone to cross over a ghost. Because you shouldn't have to pay a psychic to help your loved ones. You should be able to do it yourself. And so I created, with a little help from the other side, the crossing over prayer. How's that for a little story? <laughs> That's a beautiful story. And one, thank you for your service. I okay. wanted to say that first and foremost, because I respect anybody in the armed services, as I, I myself could never see myself doing that, but I respect anybody that did, because they have more courage than I do. And Sandy, thank you. We appreciate you watching. And yeah, the crossing over prayer, which I 
looked into you a little bit, of course, for the show, just so I know who I'm talking to. And I saw that, and I, I didn't exactly read the prayer, but do you have to... The first question I have about the crossing over prayer is, can it help someone if they don't know... this? If they, if they didn't know the spirit they're trying to cross over, can you, they still use it? Like, yes, if they didn't know that person... Interesting, because... I might have to put that into practical effect soon because I have two spirits in my house that built the house and they still live here. And I would love to get rid of them because I think they are hiding stuff once in a while. <laughs> I mean, they're not, they're definitely not nefarious in any means. They're very peaceful ghosts, but they still live here and they creep us out sometimes. <laughs> well, I also wrote the Crossing Over Prayer book. It's 88 Prayers to Help the Living and the Dead. And I had people contact me from all over the world. Ironically, as I was writing it, because I didn't publicize that I was writing it. And I, I had a, it was an amazing number of requests. And one of them was from a client whose 17 year old son took his own life. And I created the crossing over prayer for suicide. And there's the prayer for the suicide, the person who took their life. There's the prayer that uh, for the family to help them with that grief. And there's a third prayer with suicide that enables a family member to continue to send loving prayer to their family member long after that person has been crossed over. Because a lot of people feel powerless. And the goal of the book is to give you power so you feel powerful and it doesn't matter what your faith is if you don't have a faith or you don't believe any of it. It does not matter. It's not specific to a particular faith. It enables anyone to, to do that. It also has a dark intelligence removal prayer because sometimes what's working in your house is not just a ghost. Ooh, okay. Well, I'll get to that in one second because that's interesting. But, and I will say... I like the, I forgot to say this before, but I like the line that you have to be a little bit psychic to drive because that, that may be the name of this episode. I'm just saying, I, I may use that as the name. That's a pretty good line right there. I like that. And as someone who drove for a living, basically, I can appreciate that sentiment because people are crazy and sometimes you have to see a little bit in the future, see what they're going to do next, but. Absolutely. And if, if people say, oh, I don't believe any of that psychic stuff, my husband and I both worked for the U.S. Submarine Force. He worked He worked for them for 24 years. I worked for them for 20 years. He drove submarines. I supported them on the shore side. And every single one of these guys had and trusted and used their, quote, gut instinct every single day. And it saved lives. I have story after story of these amazing men. I guess that's Working for the submarine force is not easy. They just eat you for lunch if you're not a strong personality. Not because they're mean, but because they have a really huge job to do and they don't have, they don't suffer fools easily. And I was really privileged to get to work with some of the finest men you can possibly imagine. Some truly amazing individuals. And they trusted their gut instinct. And that's what men call it. Women call it psychic ability, or I'm intuitive, or I'm empathic. All of those things are correct. It's what works for you. But you can't really go through life 
without a certain sense of psychic ability. And that's, it's like I had a feeling that person was going to change lanes, so I held back. Or something about this made me feel uncomfortable. And I see this uh, a great deal with real estate agents who really get a feeling about a house. I work a lot with real estate agents. So, yes, everyone has to be psychic to make it through life. Which it's funny you say that because I've talked to a lot of mediums and psychics on the show in the past. Mm -hmm. And I've been I've been told multiple times, and I truly believe this, that there is a spiritual awakening happening in, happening in the world right now. A lot of them have said over the last five years, especially, that more and more people are realizing they have these psychic abilities, and they're trying to strengthen them, and they they go to all these classes and whatnot to try to enhance what they can do. So, do you believe there's something going on in the world right now, or is it just something that's always been there and people didn't know it? Well, the answer to both your questions is yes. It's always been there, and people didn't necessarily realize it. Well, what's happening in the world right now is happening on the physical and the spiritual, or to use your term, paranormal level. And this feeling of connection to people, this feeling of concern for people, this feeling, look at that word, feeling, sensing. We use those terms and we don't think of them as psychic terms. We think of them as as normal language, but if you took normal language apart and you realize that you have a feeling because you're using a sixth sense to get that feeling. I, I had submariners tell me they knew when they walked on the boat, something was wrong, or they knew when this, this, they, this, you know, I got this new navigator. I knew something was going to happen. I mean, I've had Navy, I've had submarine captains tell me they could sense something was coming. In these times, to be blunt, get your spiritual house in order because it's as if karma is becoming magnified. I, I've written books on karma. And I, I can tell you that what's going out will come back to people. It seems to me it's coming back faster and faster. So, yes, to both your comments. Which, yeah, I, I agree with that. Karma is working faster than it ever did before. I've seen it myself in, well, I've, I've seen it online mainly, but I've seen it myself in some situations as well. And it's just, I mean, it's, it's weird because I, myself, before I started this show, I never thought I had any kind of abilities. Like, yes, I truly believe now everybody has a sixth sense, even if we can't see dead people. We still have a sixth sense to some degree and we can sense things. And since I started the show, mine actually has been awakening a little bit because talking to psychics and mediums just gets mine boosting. I don't know how it works or why it's working all of a sudden, but I can now sense things. And I've had interesting conversations with mediums where there actually has been a spirit beside me and literally, literally in this chair. And I didn't know they were there. I just had a strange feeling in the middle of my brain and the spirit had to, and the medium had to tell me, you know, there's someone right beside you, right? I'm like, no, but. So what I'm summarizing up basically is that I believe in the awakening. I believe it's happening and it's happening to me. And I can't deny that at all, which I, it lines up with everything you're saying. And I agree. So what's your advice if someone is 
scared of the idea of a ghost because, I mean, we all grew up watching Scooby-Doo and running away from ghosts. So what do you think if someone's scared of a ghost is the best thing they can do? Well, let's define a ghost first. A ghost is a person who has died and they didn't stop being who they were. But let's go a little, let's back up a little more than that. Let's go to basic physics because I've had everything from NASA, you know, rocket scientists to all kinds of people tell me there's no such thing as ghosts. But if you go to basic physics, energy is neither created nor destroyed. The energy that animates a human body has to go somewhere at death. And it goes from the third dimension, this place of time and space and, and touching and gravity. And then you separate from the body and you move into something called the fourth dimension. And that is a space that is like a step up transformer before you get to the heaven world. And we know this exists because of the 23rd Psalm. And the 23rd Psalm exists in every faith on earth in some form or other. I've done years and years and years of research, and that was an astonishing find for me. And the 23rd Psalm talks about the valley of the shadow of death. That is the fourth dimension. I will fear no evil. Yes, it's a scary place where thou art with me, remembering that you don't have to be alone. So you have, when you talk about a ghost, you're looking at two facets. One, the person who's died, and then the person who is living and is going, oh my gosh, I think I have a ghost here. And yes, it can be scary because it's not something you can see, and you don't know what the intent of the ghost is. You don't know why they're there. Some ghosts can be mischievous. Some can be physically harmful. I had a ghost take little pins and stab my grandson, and he was uh, about 15 months, and she was seven years old. She went. She came to school with my granddaughter, and uh, my son called and he said, "You need to look at, you know, look at Jack because something's going on because we've never heard him scream like this." And I found her. I remote viewed her. Found her and. She had no idea she was dead. And I said, sweetie, what's the last thing you remember? And she said, I was swinging. And I said, did you let go? She said, yeah, I could fly like a bird. And I said, then what do you remember? And she said, my mommy was crying and crying and she wouldn't answer me. And I got so angry. All right, this is normal human emotion. This child has no idea she's dead. I brought in an angel. I explained that she had died on that swing. I crossed her over and my grandson stopped crying like I turned a switch. And so it's great to have your, <laughs> your, your psychic on speed dial, I guess. My point is that that ghost didn't know she was dead and they could have used the crossing over prayer, but um, I think I'm a little faster for them. And if you have a tool, it gives you power more power than the ghost has. And you don't have to be afraid. Is that a start? How does that work for you? That sounds pretty much right, which my kid, my kid just, for those who don't know, because I told Tina this a second ago, but 
my kid just had just had a little bit of an accident swinging and that story kind of hits home right now so i'm happy it didn't go that way but thankfully she knows she's not a bird at least i hope maybe she thinks she's a chicken because we have chickens but i mean it's just yeah i mean i can imagine to be a ghost and to not know that you died must be horrifyingly confusing to them and i truly believe in ghosts i've I haven't seen them, but I felt them around me in this house enough to know I believe in them and that they exist. And I actually had one talk to me for all my listeners. Go back to one of my previous episodes, and I'm sure you'll hear that story. I'm not going to go into it again, but it's just ghosts are a tricky thing because there's a lot of different aspects that could be with ghosts, whether on what they know and what they don't know. Because my theory has always been that ghosts, when you become a ghost, it's like becoming a baby again. You have to learn everything over again. You have to learn how to control things again. You have to learn how to move around again. Like, at least in my mind, that's what being a ghost is. It's like being a baby again, because you don't understand where you are yet. Unless maybe you were of a senior age and you died naturally, then maybe you know what's going on. But for anybody below that age, I could see how they'd be confused about where they are and they wouldn't understand what's going on. I could truly see that. Well, I think when you when a person dies and they are not encumbered by a physical body, the density of a body, you travel with the speed of thought and you don't realize it. You, somebody thinks about you and you're standing next to them. And then another person is, is calling out for you and you're standing next to them and you start ricocheting among family members. And you, and that's if you even realize you're dead, but some people, especially on a battlefield, they're still fighting that battle. I had a um, a radio host. I did a, a show in Belgium with a, a radio host many years ago, and he took the crossing over prayer and he walked through battlefields all over Europe saying the prayer. And he heard these little thank yous, you know, for the hours and hours that he did this. He just said it over and over again, and he began to feel a shift. It was wonderful for him to feel he was doing this huge spiritual service. And I think, you know, I hadn't looked at it that they have to learn. If if you don't know you're dead, I got my brother used to work for Screen Actors Guild. He called me one night and he said, "You got to help me." And one of our producers uh, works for Paramount. Just she was in a car accident and she died, and she she doesn't know she's dead. And I just I can feel her, but can you talk to her? So I located her through the Aka cords that connected all of us, and I can explain that in a little bit, but. I said, I, I connected to her very quickly. And she, I said, you know, I, I hate to tell you this, but, you know, you died in that car wreck. And she, she says, oh, I'm sorry, you don't understand. I have a nail appointment tomorrow. I've got a birthday party on Saturday and a meeting with Paramount on Friday. I cannot be dead. This is not happening. And I said, you see this seven foot angel I just brought in for you? It is happening. I'm so sorry it happened, but time to go. And then she was gone because if I left her on that street, she would continue to attract accidents to that spot. That's why you see places where there's accident after accident, because there's still ghosts standing there, cross them over. Well, one thing I will say is we definitely need people like you in every, every County for God's sake to see if they can help more and more of these people. I mean, that's for sure. But actually, Going back, you said a couple of a couple of questions ago 
that they're not always ghosts, that they are sometimes other entities. I have a feeling where you're going with that, but what did you mean by that? Well, I do not use the word spirits ever. Me spirits are alcohol. There are a ghost is a person who died and they haven't crossed over. That's a ghost. But there are other beings. And do you remember the movie Ghost with Whoopi Goldberg and Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze? And it's a, it is a remarkable film because it got so much correct. As each of the two bad guys died, these little dark beings with red eyes came for them. And those are called lower realm intelligences. And they will come after you with these long claw-like fingers. There are black magicians that exist on those realms. There are things that look like vermin that exist on those realms and they harass, they can harass the living and the dead. They are also types of beings. So when somebody says, Oh, I just connect to spirit. It's like, did you get an ID card? Do you have a clue who you're talking to? Because I don't use that term. If it's a ghost, it's a ghost. If it's an angel, if it's a higher realm being, and a lot of really professional psychics work with higher realm beings and they perform due diligence with it with them every time to make sure they know who they're dealing with. You can't just trust spirit. That's just dangerous. That's so you have a lot of you have a potential to have some very, very dark beings. And anyone who is practicing the dark arts, whether it's Ouija, Tarot, seances, any of the cards that people use, even angel cards. If you're using divination, if you're doing palmistry, you're accessing a being on another realm and you have no idea who that being is. And those are some of the darker beings and they, you aren't paying them for the help they provide you because they can come back later and take their pound of flesh literally at any time they choose. It's a very, very dicey game. I just warn people to be very careful. I agree. I mean, we've all heard of, I mean, I'm sure everybody's heard of Ouija stories gone bad, but yeah. I believe I believe there's a demon named Zozo that's out there because of a Ouija board to begin with. But And that's one of the more popular ones I've heard, but I'm sure there's a lot more out there that are horrifying to begin with. But you did say a minute ago when you were telling the story about the... Um, paramount person who died that you pulled on the cords which what i did was i'm connected to my brother my brother is connected to the producer i just i do what's called following the aka cords so let me explain what an aka cord is and anyone can look up this term it did not invent it it comes from the hawaiian huna tradition if you, you've heard of someone called the big kahuna or some people call it hawaiian magic You've also heard of the term Akashic Records. Well, the first three letters of Akashic are A-K-A. Aka means the cords that connect us all. And we are connected to every person we've ever met, every place we've ever been, everything we've ever touched through these Aka cords. And these cords record all of our experiences 
in our Akashic records. Do you see all those connections? Yeah. So I all do. I had to do was follow that connection back to this producer, and I was right there. I didn't have to go to Hollywood to find her. It was just really quickly done. So with those cords, you could really find anybody all over the world if you had the right connections, right? If you have the right connection, that's correct. I mean, However, when you say you that... You have to have permission. You can't just decide to do it without, you have to follow spiritual law to do it. Spiritual law. I can't say I've ever heard of that before. Spiritual law applies whether we know it or not. For instance, I have the ability to remote view. I can remote view any place on the planet, but I can't. It's like I can remote view your house. Well, what is the difference between me roaming through your house or me knocking on the door and requesting permission? You wouldn't want me to just walk through your door whether you gave permission or not. You would want me to ask your permission if I can come in. And spiritual law requires it that you ask permission. And spiritual law is it's like the, basically it's karmic law. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. As above, so below. Anyway, when you follow spiritual law to the letter, you have to obey that law, regardless of what your personal feelings are. And the easiest example is, and I've written a series of ghost story books, ghost stories from the ghost point of view. In volume three, there's the story of a man whose daughter was 20, 22, 23, and she's dying. And he says, can you, can you help my daughter? And I said, I don't know. I have to find out if she wants help. And he said, well, here's her hospital room. See if you can do anything. All right. If I were a different type of psychic, I would have asked spirit and, and, and assumed that it was okay for me to give her healing. But I didn't. I found her subconscious and I asked her subconscious for permission to give her healing. And this has happened to me repeatedly where the soul says, oh, my gosh, do not give me healing. I want to die. Do not prolong my agony. Please let me go. It's not what you expect to hear from somebody who's 23. And I said, I will respect your wishes. Will you allow me to give you assistance that will stay with you? And upon your death, you will be crossed over. And she accepted that. But if she had rejected that, I would have had to leave. Which is very respectful. I mean, I would, I respect that 100% that you would actually follow that. Because I know many, many psychics or so-called psychics would not respect that and they would just try to do whatever they think is best so i mean a 23 year old wanting to die though i mean that's just horrible horrible i can imagine oh it's horrible watching watching her emaciated body i could see rigor mortis had begun to set in to the etheric body and i knew she didn't have much longer and she died two days later uh but i had somebody standing by her uh, there was a very interesting case of a, um, a divorce attorney who 
was profoundly depressed, all of a sudden overnight developed breast cancer and without about four or five weeks, she was dead, which is pretty fast. And someone sent a series of healers to heal her and they asked me and I said, what does she want? And she said, well, she doesn't want healing, but we think she should have healing. And I said, what gives you the right to overrule the soul? I don't have that right. I don't, that's beyond my jurisdiction. Well, I can't do that. If that's what that person says, you have to listen to what the soul wants unless they're dead. And then they create terrible karma haunting the living. That's one of the reasons, even if they say, well, you can't cross me over by God. I do. I do cross them over. Yeah. Which I can understand that. And that makes sense actually. But how do you, do you do anything to help? The, the relatives and the other people in these situations, like deal, like do you teach them how to deal with the grief of all this, of the horrible things that happen in life? If, if they ask me, again, a lot of people are very well intentioned. The challenge is if someone asks me for help with their grief, then it's a specific request and I focus on answering that request but i can't just go in and do something that i think they need again it's a violation of free will and it incurs negative karma for the psychic and the greater your level of ability the more magnified the karma is if you cross the line yeah so I am very, very careful. Don't mean have you ever? <laughs> have I ever what? Have you ever done anything with like natural disasters where you went to an area and looked for spirits and the people that passed in this natural disaster to ask them if they need help on like any kind of mass it, event? Yes, I... I did that after 9-11. I, uh, and I wasn't the only one. There were a series of psychics after 9-11 and the Oklahoma City bombing. I did not participate in the Oklahoma City bombing. bombing not as advanced at that point. But after 9-11, I was far more capable. And uh, there were a, a lot of psychics who went to... New York psychically and started crossing people over. I mean, literally in the ether, I could see blood. It, I, it was nothing like I had ever seen before. And apparently the collapse of those, the controlled demolition of those buildings actually punched holes in the ether in the ground and an awful lot of psych. I wasn't the only one to see it. Many others who were very sophisticated went and began to close those holes. Hmm. Which I kind of want to ask what you mean by controlled explosions, though I know what you mean, but I mean I don't I don't know if you want to get into it on this show. But. Let's just leave that there and let people figure <laughs> out how a building collapses like that, including building seven. Let's just let them figure that out. I agree hundred percent on that. I mean I know what you mean, but <laughs> I'm wrong with that. Um so what happens when we die like from if i was to die tomorrow what would happen like at that point 
because we it's a mystery that we all want to know so i figure i'd ask this i think that's an outstanding question and it depends on the method of death because there are just jillions of different ways that people die and having crossed people over on a staggering number of different ways they have passed away i will start with the more traumatic the death the lower the frequency of the soul the harder it is for them to cross over if the death is truly traumatic they were murdered they were in a horrible accident they were in a plane crash they do not understand fully what's happened to them if they do there is a sense of horror and rage with the soul if you've ever had a loved one murdered it's very difficult to imagine how you could even begin to manage that and if a person if a child dies and my niece died when she was six years old she sat on the sofa and she said mommy i feel hot and she died it was stunningly sudden she wasn't even sick so i had to cross her over and my grief was so profound i had a great my frequency dropped and I had a hard time crossing her over. So um, one of my brothers helped me and I brought in angels for her and crossed her over. Her grandfather met her. I actually got to see that part. If someone is practicing serious black magic, cult black magic, Satanism, if they're, if they're doing those things after they die, these horrible dark beings come after them. Not because I say so, because it's just what happens. If you want to cross that person over, and I highly recommend it because they just keep reincarnating and doing these horrible things. If you want to stop that cycle, then you cross them over. And yes, you cross over murderers because otherwise they haunt the living and they haunt their victims in life and death. I, I guess I'm sounding pretty adamant. Yeah, but that's the truth. If you had cancer, and you're struggling, you had, all of a sudden you woke up with, what a surprise, myocarditis or endocarditis or creeping neuropathy or a bizarre series of things you didn't know you could ever possibly have. And all of a sudden you're dead or you're playing on the field and you just drop dead, like the tw over 20 doctors in Canada who have just dropped dead, what a surprise they don't understand what happened to them and there is a horror and a shock the soul is in shock if you know you're sick and you're going to die you want to release from your suffering but if it's sudden it's a whole different ball game every soul benefits from the request for an angel even if you don't believe in angels and there's some face that just don't believe in angels i don't care they work Angels earn karma by helping the living and helping the dead. When you request an angel to help someone who has died, even if they're a really bad guy, even if they're a saint, you have done great spiritual service. That's the whole point of psychic ability. It's spiritual service. That's the bottom line. So let me stop for a minute. I want to make sure I stay on track. Is that answering the questions? Yes, that's answering the question greatly which i mean it may, and then it totally makes sense to me when you say that like these satanic ritual people these cult people when they die i totally 
or to, or to understand if these dark beings are taking them because in some way when you're doing that you're offering part of you to something else that you don't understand so of course they're going to come for you when you die and they're going to take what's theirs you bet you Am sold your soul you sold your soul and they're yeah. going to come to collect however there are elements of people that they don't know that they sold their soul because and this is very esoteric so i'm going to digress slightly here a lot of times a person who seems to be connected to some of these awful darknesses this has gone on for millennia and every life bits and pieces of their souls are shaved off because they never cross over and in the again the 23rd psalm he restoreth my soul what a beautiful statement it doesn't say he restoreth your soul if you know you went to church six times a week and twice on sunday there's no judgment it's he restoreth my soul period well you're not going to get that if you don't cross over and when you do maybe we'd have far fewer serial killers we'd have far fewer people who are subject to i don't know mind control or whatever is happening on some so many levels in these times and a lot of times children in the dark dark ages were sold to people and those children were made to do things which bound them to the beings of the dark arts for a thousand thousand years when you cross those souls over you break that contract can you imagine the magnificence of that i can i can and it's makes me makes me think there should be a freaking team or teams of people like you who just that's what they do for a living is they they get paid by governments to go do this every day that should that's the way it should be or they get paid by i mean god forbid but the vatican or something to yeah, do that this would every be day. God, that would truly be god forbid let yeah. me just tell you that there are people who are working for which they receive not a penny this is not something you can necessarily receive a lot of pennies for it is karmic work it's not work that i mean somebody calls me and they have a spiritual problem yes i have an hourly fee it's a reasonable hourly fee um if somebody wants to cross somebody over i my books are is an audio book it's on kindle i mean it's on the websites it's free um I, I've made it as available as I possibly can. I'm grateful to hosts like you who give me an opportunity to share to share the empowerment of being able to do this for yourself. If your child dies, you don't want to think of them having not a clue what to do. A child has no idea what to do at death. If you have a child who's stillborn, what is it? What does that soul know to do? They don't. They're looking for someone to tell them. Even in the toughest times of your grief, bring in an angel and ask that angel to carry your child to the heaven world. Don't just assume your sweet baby became an angel because that didn't happen. I hate to burst that bubble, but it doesn't happen. Children can never become someone's angel. Doesn't happen. No, I mean I that makes sense to me. But and you 
you keep mentioning angels, which I do. I didn't know these, but I, as of late, I do believe in angels. And I, but when you say you ask angels for help, because I've talked to other psychics who they get help from what they consider archangels, like Michael and Gabriel. But are you talking about archangels, or are you talking about just any soul in heaven who can help? Well, angels are not souls. They're completely different. A soul what? is a, a soul. An angel is a completely different group of beings. So if you, if someone you love is crossed over and you help them cross over, they're going to go through a massive education problem, process. And you can send them prayers and you can ask them for help. But if you are specifically asking for an angel, that's a completely different spiritual being. And an angel, I use archangels for really heavy duty work. I can simply ask for an angel of transition. I can ask for spiritual police. I ask for children angels because let's face it, a seven foot archangel is terrifying to a child. They don't know what that is. And so if you bring in a child angel who's all glowy and they hold hands and cross the light bridge to the heaven world, imagine the sweetness of that moment having seen that so many times. Regular angels need to grow in their karmic path too. They don't always have to be archangels. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's what I wanted you to specify. Cause I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm sure there's a difference between just souls and angels because angels have been in heaven for a while and either they're one of the original ones that are talked about in Genesis or they're ones that, I mean, can souls become angels? Like, that's actually a good no. question. Can, no. Ever, 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 ever become an angel. Because angels are never going to be reincarnating. Angels have their own spiritual path. They're a completely different set of beings, just like counselors of divine wisdom, um, spiritual physicians are not human beings. Um, there are... It's a huge difference, huge difference. Human beings can never become an angel. It, it, you're a human being. You're evolving on your own. There's a trajectory for mortal people, for mortal souls. It doesn't matter what planet you're from, what nationality you are, the color of your skin, what religion you're born into, what you do or don't believe. It doesn't matter. There's no religion in the afterlife. I hate to break that to people, but there's no religion oh, uh, in the afterlife. <laughs> I'm agnostic, so I 100% I believe that and agree with it. And just want to clarify, I I know I haven't talked to any angels. Trust me, I I wish. I, I know I haven't. And Glenn Ralph is actually a good friend of mine, so I definitely will listen to that episode if I haven't already because Glenn Ralph's show is a good show. I'll put that out to all my listeners. But... Yeah, and so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I myself haven't talked to any angels, at least I know of. It's highly, I don't know if I did or not. I mean, I never felt like anything contacted me from the afterlife and told me anything besides the one spirit in my house that said thank you to me for fixing up his house. But other than that, I don't think so, <laughs> that they have. But I'm open to it. I'm open to it. Just bring it out there in the universe. I'm open to it. So well, remember something angels there's an entire set of spiritual laws that apply to angels that 
apply only to them. And there are spiritual laws that apply only to mortal people. And mortal people can request the help of an angel. And if you're doing spiritual work, you can request guidance. But an angel cannot violate free will. They can't. And someone says, well, you know, and if that were the case, angels could to say, don't do this and don't do that. Angels cannot dictate. They cannot violate free will. That's a huge one for them. Yes, which I believe, I mean, I remember that from my church days that that was part of the Bible is that they can't violate free will. And is, isn't that part of the reason that I believe Lucifer rebelled is because he couldn't go against free will? Or am I wrong on that? The reason Lucifer rebelled is up for discussion. I cannot sit here and say I know exactly that reason because that would be certainly arrogant and presumptuous of me. So I would not even, I'm not even going to go there. Okay. I respect, I respect that fully. I respect that fully. I just, I just, I just got, I just got done listening to a retelling of Paradise Lost. So that's kind of been on my head a lot lately is mm -hmm. uh, the whole story of Lucifer and all that, which it's interesting, but it's just, many sides that story and none of us will ever know the truth of it unless we were alive back unless we were in heaven at that point and none of us were so but let me ask you this do you believe in reincarnation or no oh gosh, or... yeah absolutely it's what christ meant when he talked about life ever lasting he never talked about death everlasting all the great texts of all the great faiths talk about life everlasting and if you die in the first five minutes of life you're still a soul the soul go, has to go somewhere and the soul comes back so we live life after life for the experiences and in each life we gain a certain measure of spiritual progress or spiritual regression i have a book out called soul evolution past life and karmic ties and i actually talk about this at great length and the case for reincarnation is literally without, I mean, I don't know how anyone can possibly debate it anymore. There's so many stories, so many cases, so much memory. It's like you walk into someplace and you go, I've been here before. I had, a, I had a, a client many years ago who was visiting Spain and she and her, her brother went up, they went to all these different buildings and one of the buildings was where the Inquisition tortured people. And from that point on, this woman was violently ill. I mean, to the point, I mean, it, it was horrible. So I got a phone call in the middle of the night from Spain saying, can you help her? And I was recommended by her father, who was a physician, which was kind of funny. And so I remote viewed her body with her permission and I spoke to her subconscious and found out she was tortured and murdered in that room in that building that she was in. To her subconscious, there was no time and space. She was right back there. She couldn't differentiate between that time and, and the current time. And she was going through the same fear and horror of that time. And I was able to, to explain to her that that time was over and start providing enough healing to get her past that moment. And, and I, when she finally, you know, 
she got better literally within within four hours. She stopped vomiting. She stopped the diarrhea. She stopped crying. She was at peace. She never asked me what happened. She didn't want to know what I found. And I couldn't tell her if unless uh, you can't. It's a violation of spiritual law to tell somebody what their past life was for some very powerful reasons. It's like it's a violation of spiritual law to tell somebody's future because you you create a reality that may or may not exist because you have an infinite number of futures. So, yes, it was real to her. I I was uh, thrown out of a window by the Inquisition in, in Spain. I have a hard time in Spain. I have actual memory of it. I knew my husband in life after life. One of us always died. It's the first life we've ever had a whole life together. I clearly remember those other lives with him. I mean, I can go on and on, but the, the case for, for reincarnation, and remember it was removed from the Bible in like 1628 to the Council of Nicaea because one of the prostitutes who was sleeping with the bishop didn't want someone to recognize her in a future life as a prostitute. That's why it was removed from the Bible, but it was always there. Yeah, I mean, well, I am a firm believer in the fact that the Bible has been changed multiple, multiple times throughout history, and that yeah. there yeah. are there are many there are many books that have been taken out by different kings because they didn't like what they books said. I mean, I know the the Book of Enoch, um, a couple other ones. I know that I was just just talking to a guest last week about this, and I can't remember any of the other ones at this point but i believe actually i mean the book of lilith i believe was also taken out at some point but the lost I gospel mean, there's, yeah. there's a lot that they don't want the the most of the world to know which would change how people view organized religion and, and i don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater here a lot of organized religions do a lot of very good things it doesn't mean they're perfect Many of them are really helpful to a lot of people. They try to adhere to some really fine ideals. So it's not a black and white situation. It's just that it's more than just one religion's ideas or dogma. It's more than that. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I don't, I don't, that's why I'm agnostic because I don't want to give my, I don't want to say I'm Christian, which I was brought up as Protestant, but I don't want to say I'm, I believe in Catholicism or Judaism. Like, I don't want to say I belong to any of these religions. I am open to all of it and mm -hmm. I'll believe things when they happen to me. And when of I'm course. talking to, when I talk to spirits, if I, if I could talk to an angel or, I mean, heck, if I could talk to a, a demon, like that would prove something to me, but I haven't talked to any of them, any, any of the above. So besides one ghost talking to me and that kind of pushed me in one direction but made me believe in ghosts which i'm happy for that because i want to believe ghosts exist because i have dead relatives and i would like to think that they are either moved on or they're still on earth somewhere i don't know which because they haven't tried contacting me so but what is your advice to do like if i was to die in my sleep tonight what should i do when i die what should my soul do? Ask for an angel to help you cross over. And they will immediately. They will immediately come and and help me. I mean, because immediately. 
immediately. Tell your family, read the crossing over prayer. Have it available to them. When my brother died, I, I knew he was dying, so I had him I had him all set up, but I immediately crossed him over like within two seconds of him flatlining. I did not delay. It's let me put it to you this way. Asking an angel to assist you in crossing over. When you set foot on that light bridge to the heaven world, you are embraced with the most glorious feeling of love, of healing, of hope, of joy that is not the human language. There's no language on earth that has words to describe how powerful and amazing this is. And I mean, I've seen an uncountable number of souls cross over and the tears that flow down their face, the gratitude, the light on their faces is, there's so much joy. Human beings feel so burdened in mortal life and they're so afraid of death. I would say, don't be afraid of death. It's just a transition to God's, it's the fourth dimension is just a step up transformer. You get there, you leave the body, you ask for an angel, you ask for an escort to the heaven world right now. And you look for that light and you move right into it. Don't hesitate, don't linger. If you're worried about the family you left behind, when you cross over, there are counselors of divine wisdom and they will help you to help your family. I have story after story where someone was so worried about their loved ones. And I said, I promise if you cross over, there are beings that will help you. And literally within 24 hours of crossing over, a serious problem their loved one had stopped. They got help where they needed it. You're not going to be able to do a thing for them in the fourth dimension. So ask for help. Interesting, very interesting. Which I actually want to ask you about this because, I mean, according to a lot of religions, if you commit suicide, you doom yourself to either purgatory or hell, depending on what religion you're talking about. Is that necessarily true, or can people commit suicide actually make it to heaven? That's a damn lie. <laughs> The compassion that is available to someone who takes their life, and I hope anyone who's ever had a family member take their own life can hear me loudly. Every single soul is welcomed into the heaven world without a modicum of judgment. The compassion that embraces that soul at death and use the, the crossing over prayer for suicide, please or murder, or the loss of a child, or a miscarriage. I've got prayers for every single one of these occasions. Abortion, I've got prayers for all of them. When someone takes their own life, people are angry at them because they say, you know, how could they do something so irresponsible, or I should have helped them, or I should have known. No human being can know fully the mind of another. It is arrogant to think that you can. If you want to be guilty for the rest of your life, that's your choice. What if you swapped guilt for compassion? Imagine what that would be like. 
you swap being guilty because your husband, your son, your daughter, your mother committed suicide and you embraced compassion and you asked angels to cross them over and help them find the light they couldn't find in mortal life, but they have it in death. And when they come back and they will, there's karma attached to it, but it's not what you think. I had a client who committed suicide life after life. There was a person in her life who every time this person died, she, she, within 24 hours, she killed herself. It was one time it was a father, one time it's a husband, one time it was a child. And in this life, you know, through a series of past life regressions, we discovered this. She wasn't hideously punished life after life. She was given an opportunity, which is the blessing of reincarnation. She wasn't sent to some horrible hell. Just to this day, the loveliest person. We worked and worked and worked. She met a wonderful man and she fell in love and she was about to get married and he died in a plane crash. And we both looked at each other and we knew it was the same soul who had died life after life. And I said, but now karma's given you another astonishing opportunity. This life, you know what you have to do. And she said, yes, he's given me an opportunity to know that I can go on living. And she loves him every day. Well, after we worked and worked, about a year after that, I got a wedding invitation. She remarried. And I said, you know, I, I don't know any of your friends. And she said, yes. But you are the only person on earth who knows what this means to me on an eternity level. And I went to her wedding. And I celebrated her life and her future. Isn't that the blessing and the opportunity of mortal life? Isn't that the compassion we would hope for each of ourselves? It's a remarkable story and it's repeated a thousand times. I want to add one more thing if, and I appreciate your offering me this opportunity. There was a woman who's had 17 family members commit suicide. She had suicidal ideation. Once those 17 family members were crossed over, she no longer wanted to kill herself. She was picking up on their energies, their remorse for dying in that way. Once they were crossed over, she was lifted up. The burden of their emotion was gone from her. Compassion works both ways. So again, thank you for asking such an astute question. Not a problem. Not a problem at all. And before we wrap it up for this episode, I like to ask a lot of people this. What is the experience you had that stuck with you the most and still almost gives you chills to this day? I have had thousands of them. I, um, I, I don't, I don't even know where to begin. I have had so many of them. I was remote viewing a woman who was, who was dying and I was giving her all this healing and halfway through the middle of it, um, this very powerful spiritual being who I recognized said, you have to stop now. And I said, Oh no, 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 I'm not finished. And he to me and he said, yes, you are. She only has the karma for this much. You have to stop. She has to decide whether to live or die. And you can't decide that for her. 
you are to stop right now. And I did what he said. And I didn't know when I finished at, at halfway through the work, if she would live or die. She lived and she's still alive. Uh, so she made a choice. It's a very, it was a very, very powerful moment. And it made me very humble that I, I am someone's field agent. I have to obey the spiritual law. I could not disobey in that situation. It was very, very powerful for me and for the client. She didn't know that I was stopped. She, and they, she'd been given the last rights. They expected her to die. She had to choose. That was just, I've had many, 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 many of those. Interesting, interesting, which, I mean, in your line of work, I'm sure there's a ton of just crazy experiences. You could probably write a book just about the crazy experiences you had. I've written eight. Ah, well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, and I'm definitely going to be checking some of those out because I love reading about this type of stuff. I do. So where can people find the Crossing Over Prayer once again? And where can they find anything about you that they want to see? Uh, ghosthelpers.com. Ghosthelpers with an S. Ghosthelpers.com. All of my books are available on Amazon.com. You can also connect on, if you look up Ghost Helpers, there's a whole section on books. There's a section on podcasts. The podcasts are all uploaded there. There's a section on um, services, things that I can do. It explains a little bit more about me. I answer a lot of questions and if someone needs a crossing over prayer, there are videos, what happens when I die video, there's a crossing over prayer video, there's one on suicide, there's one on murder. And those are those are videos on the website, they're free. There's um, YouTube channel videos. There's a crossing over prayer book, again, available on Amazon. It's on uh, print on demand, Kindle and uh, Audible. So if you just want to play that prayer somewhere where you are, you just play it on your phone or your tablet or your laptop. It's available. And a lot of people do that. It just, some people, if they think they have a haunted house, they just put those prayers on and they let the whole book play all night. It's kind of fascinating. And their house feels really different in the morning. It was kind of a neat thing to find that out. Apparently, the book emits a light that animals can see. I have video of someone, cat, just staring intently at the book and, and touching it. So the book itself has its own kind of energy field. It's kind of cool. 100%. And I will, of course, put the link to your website in the description for this episode, too, when it releases on Podcatchers. So I will gladly do that. And I thank you, Tina, for coming on. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and I've thank learned so a lot much. from you. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm very grateful for this opportunity. And as all my listeners know, you can find me on the Paranormal The New Normal slash Maniacal Music Musings Facebook podcast group on Facebook. And you can find me on there and on Twitter and Instagram as at Juggalo Bastard. That's related to another podcast I do, though. So you can find me all three locations. I thank Tina once again for last time being on. I look, I cannot wait for people to hear this episode when it comes out as a podcast. So thank you. And to all my watchers and listeners, thank you for watching and listening. I will catch you guys.